wearing a mask with your nose hanging out is like wearing underwear with your penis hanging out. May 8. Are not in Ontario today of 0 0.96. Mm -hmm. It's been going up over the past week. May 1st, it was 0 0.85. Mm -hmm. That aligns with... 477 new cases today in Ontario, uh -huh. which is a little uptick. Yeah. And David Williams said it's disconcerting, or he used some term like that to say, mm -hmm. I think he's saying it's worrisome that we're still getting, or I guess the thing was that half, they're estimating now half of the new cases are community spread. And that's disconcerting. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen the amount of like propaganda, <laughs> for lack of a better word, on community education campaigns that I think we should be seeing. Right. Around how to not spread this virus. Yeah. Hand washing, yes. Social distancing, yes. But people are starting to social distance less. Yeah. I think we need more information out there about covering your face, like wearing a mask, how to wear a mask. Yeah. Why you wear a mask. Yeah. I saw, we talked about that, um, the <laughs> infographic thing where it was like wearing a mask is like, wearing pants if people are going around peeing, peeing on each other they should do an ad yeah i mean that was really good and i saw another one that was <laughs> like wearing a mask with your nose hanging out is like wearing underwear with your penis hanging out <laughs> <laughs> and it was a drawing of that and it was really <laughs> funny <laughs> you could have that drawing so i just think that it's really going to come down to our individual interactions and how seriously everybody is taking this and how educated people are about the real risks of transmission yes so when this all started i felt as though everybody was imagining that the virus was just floating everywhere in the air mm -hmm. and people were panicked and they didn't want to touch their face ever even if they were in their own home <laughs> they didn't want to and there were people driving cars with masks on out people yeah. like just yeah. it, everybody was just over panicked and now yeah. i think we've gone a bit the other way where people are like okay like i'm sick of this yeah. let's just go outside i agree let's i i just the miss in the messaging the problem so yeah I, I agree i feel like there's now this feeling because of the uh, because we're talking about opening up businesses again, more businesses and becoming less strict about the lockdown. People are getting the impression that somehow there's less risk, mm -hmm. which is not true. Which is not true. It's only that we've now shown, I think the bottom line is what we've done by locking down is demonstrated that the healthcare system, we've now managed to get the we've number of sick people that go to hospital to a controllable level and it's not going exponential in hospitals. Mm -hmm. We flatten the curve. We flatten that. Like, yeah. So we've been having 
a consistent number of new cases every day for a while now. Yeah. I mean, it peaked. It, the curve started coming down like a little, little bit. Yeah. But we have in no way squashed the curve. Like we're s- still in as much risk as we were like a month ago. Potentially more. Potentially more. Yeah. Like we're. Check I mean, that. we don't really know what the numbers are in so- like in in. Yeah, we've been so in Ontario approximately this number of cases has been happening for the whole month of April. Yeah. So it it went up a little bit. Today. It came down, but yeah. um over the course of the month, but n- yeah, the risk at the beginning of April and the risk of at the end of April of catching COVID-19 out in the community is about the same yeah but the feeling of risk (laughs) yeah has gone way down i think yeah we've definitely it's like is it like when you're driving on the highway you know when you come off the highway and then you're on the local streets and you feel (laughs) like you should you're driving you're like you could get out and push the car faster no i think it desensitized or desensitized desensitized. it's like you've been living with this for a month and nothing bad has happened to you specifically yeah Oh, which reminds me of something. But first, I want to admit to to something. Hmm. Um, Sounds juicy. Yeah, <laughs> well, it is a little <laughs> bit. I could. <laughs> I haven't decided <laughs> how to say this. Okay, I am sort of like a masks for all person now. For all. Like masks for all. Remember how I was like you were really ticked off at the masks for all movement, right? And saying how they were just really over overdoing playing it. their hand, yes, and really overstating the value of masks, right? And I th- think that's still true, but also like the vehemence with which a lot of people say it, I I still yeah. don't agree with that. But yeah. now that I've really come to understand how masks protect if you're wearing a mask it's an altruistic thing and you are protecting everyone around you yeah more than you're protecting yourself yeah sure you're protecting yourself a tiny little bit yeah but mostly you're protecting everybody else the same way (laughs) that you put the baby on the diaper and not I mean, the diaper on the baby <laughs> to <laughs> catch the pee. <laughs> and you're not covering yourself with diapers, diapers to yes. protect yourself from the baby's pee. So when, so it really for masks to be effective, everyone needs to be wearing them so that you're all protecting each other. Yeah. It's not just a case of if you feel the risk is high enough for yourself, you wear a mask to protect you. Yeah. And so now that I've really understood this message, I feel like, yeah, in I'm a supporter now. Like in spaces where we can't social distance, in stores is the most obvious one. Yeah. I th- really think we need it needs to just be a just thing that everyone just wears a mask. You just have to shift the culture to wear a mask. Or a scarf or whatever. Cover yeah. your face. It's, it's like when you cough, you cough into your your elbow. Yeah. It's just like you're always coughing. You're always breathing into something. So you're just, you know, the majority of the droplets are getting caught in whatever is close to your mouth. 
Mm-hmm. That's the key. You're just cutting dramatically, cutting down the number of droplets that go beyond the, your little where you where you are mm-hmm. going out. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Masks for all. Ugh. I don't like that hashtag <laughs> still. <laughs> but yes, I have. That's not that juicy. I have. Uh, well, I feel like it was for me because I was really <sighs> ticked off at the mask people. And now I feel like I'm a I mask I, person. I guess I was a mask person. I guess I am a mask person. Yeah, but we like flipped. I was like lecturing you about masks the other day. <laughs> and I was like, what is going on? <laughs> I, I wear a mask when I went to the grocery store. I put on a mask. Yep. And I'm going to wear one when I go grocery shopping, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think the I think now I'm I'm getting a little worried about. Like thinking back to the way p- the public health authorities were telling us, though, that we needed to stay home. Before and now we're getting called in, you know, some a lot of people are getting called back to work. It's it's like problematic because it's still the same risk that it was like a month ago and now, but now they're telling us an opposite thing, right? Like it now it's okay to go to work for your health and your family's health. Like actually, you're mm-hmm. as an individual, the risk to you is the same as it was a month ago. Mm-hmm. It's just now we have a better handle on how this is going to affect the healthcare system and everything. And so as a society, we see now that we have to, you know, we have to start opening. We got to get people working again. We have to get keep the wheels turning. I don't know. I, th- I just feel that's somehow problematic. It feels yeah. just... There was an article the other day that I can't remember where it was, but it was just saying that societies have two choices. You can you can decide to live with the virus yeah. and just keep it at manageable levels, or you can try and get it out of your communities and only have cases imported with travel. Yeah, And I feel like Canada, Ontario especially, is choosing the live with method. Like, nothing that our governments are doing are suggesting that they're trying to get it out of the community. Like, like what you're saying is to get it out, you'd have to trace, uh, like contact trace every. Yeah, like you'd have person. to. We'd have to have massive test trace isolate. We'd have to have big public education campaigns and masks and like yeah. putting a lot of effort into this. Yeah, and it does not seem like anybody's trying to do that. It's just. Yeah. What I'm surprised about is that there should have been, like, on LinkedIn, like, or something, right? There should have been a massive call for people that want to join the public health service. You know, like, they they should have had a call. Like, maybe they could still have a call, right? Anyone who's, like, looking for a job wants to be part of this just... Well, they're not paying... The federal government is looking for volunteers to do contract tracing but volunteers yeah yeah why volunteers though why yeah, don't you I just don't hire people like you're gonna pay people for all this this crazy I there's know. so many people that would take a job right now like that for the for the you know if you if you actually created a whole bunch of positions in public health and their job was to just take orders from whoever the public health units are like okay your job today is to call these 100 people you're gonna make 100 phone calls each person and 
that's send 100 emails. I don't know. How do you contract yeah. trace? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's either. Text. Public policy happens here, people. Text. Yeah. You better give people. Yeah. Anyways. They could do that. My point is that we're not doing those things. We're not doing the things required to really yeah. stamp it out. We're just doing the bare minimum for just not having it get out of control. Yeah. And let's hope that we continue to do that. Yeah. Now, yeah, with things opening up, the risk is that people just don't get it. Don't take it seriously enough. I don't, don't know. I think there's enough really enough. paranoid people too, though, so. It'll balance out. It's like, uh, yeah, I mean, we've been, it's been beaten into us about how you need to be paranoid also. I don't know. It's really hard. To, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. What What were the other things you wanted to talk about? Two other things. So um, just that Doug Ford seems like he's, so again, Kingston, was it Kingston that wants to open things up sooner like there, they I don't know. Well, Kingston's been doing a really good job. I mean, doing a good job. So they sent a letter, I think, to Doug Ford or to uh, provincial mm -hmm. health authorities, yeah, uh, saying like, "Why can we have permission to open up early?" Yeah. And Ford said, "No. Everyone mm -hmm. in Ontario Everyone goes at the same, the same speed. Thing. We're all doing it together." So it seems, I don't know. Is that? It feels silly. It feels well, silly to bog down. Every but part of the province. Other people have compared different sets of rules to having peeing sections in swimming pools. All the analogies have pee, basically. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying. Um, or smoking sections in restaurants. But, but I mean, Kingston did really do a very good job, so... Like, you have to tell people no unnecessary travel out of your city, but, like, mm -hmm. why can't you have restaurants in Kingston open if they're ready to open? Yeah. I don't know. Like, they're... Because... Because some people that work in Kingston come from Toronto, maybe? Like, that... No, I think it's probably just they are making decisions based on provincial data and not local health unit data and they've just decided yeah but like it would i mean it does make sense because imagine you have like an outbreak in windsor right but you have border yeah you have public health city. units that can be like okay this is they decide together with their neighboring health units like when are each you know i know that like we could do it in a more targeted fashion but i I have no idea the pros and cons of of that. Yeah, it does approach. It does feel a little silly. But uh, and the last thing was just uh, the news about. I guess I guess there's two. There were. It's that time of year when they do annual results reporting and stuff like that. So, I think. Um, Amazon in their annual shareholder meeting, um, Jeff Bezos, Bezos, Bezos said something like, "You probably want to take a seat for this on the call." Mm -hmm. 
because Who stands up listening to I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> basically tell tell yeah, because yeah, everyone it, was ex- funny everyone's, everyone's expecting i think everyone was expecting something like a four billion dollar uh profit to be announced or something like that right Rev- dividends to go out and then everyone like either share prices to shoot up or yeah dividends i don't I, they, they don't give out i don't think amazon has dividends really but the share price should sh- skyrocket based on that kind of stuff um, but what Jeff Bezos said is we're not gonna we're gonna invest all these profits back into the business to try to deal with you know to try to strengthen our position in the market currently based on what's happening with COVID nineteen and it seems like his plan is to try to come up with like kind of a sterilized. Um, protected supply chain within Amazon potentially including Amazon Prime members so like you if you're a part of Amazon Prime there's some, some people were talking about like there's they're going to start developing their own testing for COVID-19 they're like starting labs and stuff and they potentially Amazon Prime members could have access to the ability to get tested I don't know whether it's the antibody, antibody testing, testing or the yeah. other, I don't know which, but, but basically anyone who's a, in any way associated with Amazon is going to know, like they're going to just take charge of all that, like that whole tribe will be protected from, from COVID-19. And hmm. it's a really interesting way to work. And, the, and as soon as he said that the next day, the stock dropped like 7% or 10% or something huge because investors never think long term clearly it's going to shoot back up again once this like i can't believe that people would sell stock after hearing something like that like it just feels like a yeah. like the obvious winning believe. winning move i can't believe that yeah you can but it's like uh, that's like th- the move that jeff Be- bezos has used like but over and over and over problem with yeah. capitalism right now is people are only go quarter by quarter nobody wants to invest in the future and yada 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 yeah that's true you can believe it i can believe it but with amazon he's been trying to train it's sort of like he's been doing this over and over and over yes i just had to laugh very quietly because i'm finding jokes good <laughs> i'm ready good so i think that's is that all uh, I think that's all. I have one more thing. Hmm. That's kind of crazy. Um, okay, so a while ago, I read about this man in Indiana who um, got COVID-19 and was in the ICU for like a month. Mm-hmm. And he, I think he was indiana's first severe covid case Mm -hmm. and it was really unexpected because he was like our age so relatively young Mm -hmm. and he was an iron man athlete and was training for the iron man and had no Mm -hmm. known medical conditions or anything so So how could he get it just really not your stereotypical Mm -hmm. icu patient and so um, there's a news article about him, and I read about it, and 
thought that sounded scary. And then today I saw the article again on my Facebook feed. Mm -hmm. And I realized that he is the husband of my roommate Mm -hmm. from when I lived in Indiana on a co-op term. Mm -hmm. So I was there at Notre Dame with like seven other Canadian co-op students. And Mm -hmm. we lived in two houses and she was my roommate and she met her husband after we didn't live together anymore. So I never mm-hmm. met him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did not click in at all. And so she posted on Facebook about, yeah, their crazy experience and how she just dropped her husband off in the ER, not really understanding she was going to see him for 28 days. Right. With a three-year-old daughter. So this is the, I would say this now, we were talking about how COVID has touched us in the past. I'd say this is the most uh, substantial. Least degrees of separation. Right? Like, and, and in like, Im- like in the severity of the, d- of yes. the, Im- of on like this is a very serious case. As yes. A, yes. Um, no, she was very close to being widowed. Yeah. She says as much. And the closest to you, yeah. So, yeah, it was just really, yeah, um, shocking. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, same, like, I feel like the personal stories of COVID haven't been coming out that much. Some are. Actually, BuzzFeed, I think, is, like, doing profiles on on victims. There's it, there's a bunch of outlets that are talking about the families are talking about their loved ones that they're yeah, losing. Yeah. I guess I'm just I think you'll see those at, yeah, there CBC has a whole list, I think. Like there's a growing list of stories. I should go read them. They are uh they're sad. Yeah. Um if you want to read about Ben, his name is Ben O'Donnell. There's an article about him in the Star Tribune, startribune.com, called He's an Iron Man, COVID-19 Nearly Killed Him. So he's home now? He's did you home, say? Yeah. yeah. Good. He was home when this article, when I read this article a few weeks ago, it was published April 19th. <coughs> um, it said he was home on oxygen. I don't know if he's still on oxygen or not. Yeah. The, I guess the question is how, what, like, is it, I mean, he didn't die, but did it take a, like, will he, like, did it hurt his lungs? Did it hurt other parts? Yeah. I mean, uh, I guess we still don't even know what other parts of the body it's, like, impacting, right? He was, oh, my gosh, he was on ECMO? What's ECMO? That's, like, the, it's a heart-lung pump. Like, your blood comes out of your body to the machine. Oh. Like, that's, like... The furthest level the of furthest support. The furthest level of support, yeah. Like not just a ventilator. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, I had one other thing uh, to mention before you do the joke. Are you into that? Are you done yeah, with I'm that done. story? Mm-hmm. Um, there were three doctors in Russia now reportedly that have that have accidentally fallen out of windows be- for yes, being critical. <laughs> I heard that. Government response. All those pesky open hospital windows. <laughs> it's like, do you, I mean, I guess that whoever, you know, 
the state wants it to be obvious so that people stop doing it so it's like it's obvious what's happening because they want it to be obvious so that people stop criticizing the government is Mm -hmm. that what is that why like everyone falls out a window just to be like (laughs) yeah i don't know i had heard that too i don't i know nothing about russia you're glad when i mean as much as we criticize our response at times it's like yeah people aren't falling out of windows in canada no I mean, our hospital windows don't usually open. It's true. Who designs windows that open? But mm-hmm. apparently you should. Tangent. For win- for so sick. because of bacteria, I learned this <laughs> from Ed Young's book. Yes, right. <laughs> um, I Contain Multitudes. Right. So if you have someone recovering from surgery and you like keep an open window or have airflow from outside, there's less chance of infection. Yeah. The theory being that there's so most bacteria in our lives are good bacteria and we want this bacteria around. Mm -hmm. And if you kind of keep it away or try and keep the environment sterile, then like the bad bacteria is gonna have an easier time growing. So if you just like seed the room with the good bacteria from outside, yeah. less likely to get a bad infection. So it's like just a little trivia for you there. Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> it's fascinating. Like, I mean, is that some of why it's a good idea? Like you feel better when you're outside, like you go outside or I mean, I'm sure there's a whole host of reasons, but I don't think so. So be well, maybe later, but not immediately. You wouldn't feel it immediately, you know. I think that's more like sunshine. Yeah. Sunshine. But another reason you should go outside. Just let if you have an open wound. <laughs> let the healthy bacteria <laughs> just generally, like you're covered in this everything that's uh-huh. out there. Okay. Jokes. Jokes. Okay. <laughs> And we have a cat have, one and a dog one. You have multiple jokes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the <laughs> these are both pictures, but I will describe them very accurately. Uh-huh. So first we have two pictures of cats looking into microscopes for some reason. Uh-huh. I guess scientists brought their cats to work and uh-huh. it's captioned, cats trying to find a cure so humans will go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> getting sick of all the people. Yeah. Okay. And now we have dogs. Two dogs. They're chatting. Looks like they're trying to like book a time to hang out. One dog's looking at its uh, smartphone, uh-huh. <coughs> and it, and the dog says, "Oh, I've got a busy day of Zoom meetings to interrupt." <laughs> Very good. Those are your jokes for today. Excellent. Okay, are we done? Yeah, we're done. Good night. Good night.